Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studio. I want to give a big shout out to Par Hopper, uh, our official golf apparel sponsor. Uh, big shout out to Straight Haggard Thread Company, Gridiron Coffee, Williams Tire Nobles Networking. Uh, also, Proud 90 Golf. Appreciate the stuff y'all have sent me. Our management company, Red Circle. Thank y'all for lining up all the corporate sponsors and everything. Y'all go check out Drizzly. Uh, the newest sponsor of the show is an alcohol delivery company. Uh, you'll hear their ad run during the middle of the show. Don't get scared when it pops up. I had to insert it in the middle. Uh, so just check them out. Um, and thanks to each and every one of y'all that's made the show successful. One of the things I love doing on the show is I love promoting my home state boys. And there's a couple people every time I do a show with an artist that – uh a couple of folks from Nashville name always pop up. And this guy's name has popped up so many times on the show. And I'm glad to finally have this guy on here. Uh, it's a buddy of mine, Mr. Matt Skinny McKinney. How you doing, big guy? What's going on? You hear how long it takes to intro that shit? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you would think I would just do it beforehand, but I don't. I like doing it on the fly. It's always different and weird. Um, dude, your name has been brought up. So many times on the show, so many times. It's crazy how many times your your name and Lee Tucker has been mentioned on this show more than anybody else's. Man, I hope in good uh, good substance. But <laughs> oh no, there's I've never heard anybody say a bad word about you. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> well that's awesome. I uh, I, I heard you mention obviously Allie and Trey. Uh, those are two good friends of mine, man, and uh. Obviously, the Dick Down to Dallas thing. I'm assuming it's when Trey came on last was kind of after that. Yeah. Um, well, if you remember in uh, December of last year, right when Dick Down came out, I had some friends send me the song before it blew up. And I was like, I'm booking this guy because I thought the song <laughs> before it ever blew up. I was like, I'm booking him for a show at the end of the year. It's our last show for the year. And uh, I found out you were a part of it right off the bat. Justin Dukes gave me your number. And uh, I was you ended up opening up for Trey. And we were supposed to record then. Like, all of us were supposed to get together at the studio. It just didn't work out. And uh, figured we all get together down the road. And we have now. But, uh, dude, it's uh, it's been crazy. Allie, actually, whenever she was on here, the song that y'all wrote together, uh, the song that she played on the show, was uh is it only in Oklahoma or, or Oklahoma? Uh, only Oklahoma only Oklahoma yeah. banger man banger <laughs> um yeah she got on here she bragged on you it was uh there's a line in the song talking about something being left in the dust I can't remember exactly word for word what it is oh uh yeah it was uh right in front of what I left behind yeah she was like she was in love with it <laughs> oh man um well, I'm just that was one of my favorite songs, I mean, of last – I mean, I guess we wrote that in 2019. And uh, I just remember leaving her house that day, man, and just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll preface with saying I, I've definitely written some songs that I'm not hot on. But yeah. you know, some someday you write a lot of good songs, and that was one of those mornings where it was like I left there kind of hoping she would, <clears throat> you know, take to that song. And I, I think it just meant so much to her that um, when she finally gave me that call and said we made the record for the year, it was – it was a special moment. See, I'll be real with you. And this year in February, uh, my show got ranked in the top 100 in the world through Apple Podcasts. And Man. I went on this trip. I went to Nashville 
Uh, it was the same week that Kristen Kelly, her uh, EP had came out and she was like number 13 or whatever. So Lee Tucker and uh, some more people invite me to this writer's round up at Live Oak. And it's the first time I ever heard Allie, didn't know who she was, nothing about her at all. And uh, I fell in love with her that night, with uh, Ashlyn Craft, with several folks I'd never, ever heard of. And um, whenever we got done doing the show and she sent me, Allie sent me her whole, uh, her whole EP that she hadn't released yet. I'm just waiting on that girl to fucking touch the sun. Like I'm wait, I'm waiting on her to blow up and me say, Hey, she was on my show before she blew up. And I think I, you speak on behalf of everybody in this town. She's, she's so talented, man. She just works her ass off too. She's, you like seeing, and she's just such a good person. Oh know? yeah. I, I just, I think a lot of people in town are, she's got most of town in her corner and that you can never go wrong when that's kind of the case, but um, well, I'm really pu pumped for her. Well, as far as songwriting goes, from everything that I've heard, you've got a lot of the town in your corner, too, there, big fella. <laughs> Man, I'll take whoever will have me. <laughs> but uh, it's been, you know, um, I guess people on the show won't know this, but, um, you know, following the Dick Down and Dallas thing, I started taking some some meetings with a couple majors in town. And, um, you know, I met with Big Machine and Warner and, Sony and ultimately signed at Sony, uh, I guess the first of February this year. And so ever since the first, I mean, I was writing a lot before, but, um, man, it's, you know, just full time what I'm doing for a living now, getting paid to write songs. And I've just had the privilege of so many artists and even writers that I moved to town, like, you know, just fans of their work that now you look on your calendar and you're like, Oh, you know, <laughs> shit. I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the, uh, you know, room with, blah and blah thursday morning or um it's also just introduced me to so many new label artists um he's sanders uh oh i right love he sanders yeah man right with heath right with uh there's a guy named patrick murphy just signed at warner he's tremendous um and then obviously still my friends i mean ella langley she's gonna be a star man she's um hard worker great writer great voice um and then you know just people like that trey lewis um, getting in the room with Joy Beth every day and writing with her. Let so. me tell you, if there's anybody that I think deserves a whole lot of attention real soon and more of what they're getting out is Trey. I That guy from the first time I, I saw him like a year before Dick Down in Dallas, before he ever – y'all did that or whatever. Uh, Trey, uh, Trey Landon, you got his shirt on. Uh, Trey and me and Lee Tucker went to a writer's round somewhere. I can't remember last year and Trey Lewis played there. And I was just, I was so took back by this guy. And I was like, why is he not blew up yet? <laughs> and yeah, he, uh, he's tremendous, man. He's, if there's one person I know, that's, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm on the road all the time. I've been on the road. And it's like, if there's one person I know, and this includes major label acts. I don't, I don't know anybody personally in this town that burns up the road more than Trey Lewis. Like, um, his schedule's crazy. I mean, he, he leaves usually Thursdays, gets back Monday morning, Sunday night, writes songs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hits the road, does it again. And like, man, for me, that was kind of, the, you know, for a while I was kind of, I moved to town thinking I want to do the artist thing. And then I just, you know, I came so engulfed with just the process of songwriting and, uh, but that was definitely a decision maker for me. It was just seeing guys like Trey, man. I, I don't know how he does it. Like 
I, I go on the road sometimes, you know, with friends. I've been on the road, Trey Landon this year, Trey Lewis, uh, Ella, um, just to write and hang out. And it's like, man, when I get back, I am so doggone beat. Um, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> but speaking on what you said, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just kind of a matter of time for Trey. Um, I, I was uh, – I'm just as guilty as probably as much as anybody. But I went back after – dick down in dallas and i listened to some stuff he already had like on itunes and that song believer oh. um and it's just like how does nobody know this fucking song it's Man. so good and so then just good. his story period that's what i think i like about some of these artists that i've actually got to know is the story the struggle everything that they've been through to get to where they they are now it's you make it makes you respect them so much Man, his stories, you know, I think, and we talk about, it, I think one day he's going to have an opportunity. I mean, he can't spell worth a shit, but he'll have the opportunity to have a book one day. Um, hopefully someone else helps him uh, write it. But his story is really remarkable, man. He's he's uh, overcome so much and just persevered so much in his life that, um, you know, when he, when I'm sure he told the story on there, but I'll make it quick, but. Uh, we were playing the same circuits in college and uh, <clears throat> ran into him one night. And then uh, I moved to Nashville and he moved about a week after me and I saw him downtown at uh, revival round one night. And uh, I was like, Hey man, uh, I met you at sky bar and, you know, uh, Auburn. And uh, he, uh, <clears throat> matter of fact, sorry, I got thrown off that I, I I think you were at this round. I, I actually I think was. You were at that night. Yeah, yeah. I did not know. I did not know until you just said that that Trey played that night. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't remember that. So I met him. And then, you know, uh, all it took was shaking his hand one more time in town. We had just moved here. And uh, so, I mean, when we, a lot of people come up together. But when I say we come up, like, I mean, from the time we shook hands when we first moved to town, that's been my boy. Like, so just to see, I mean, his confidence is his biggest thing. Like I think the more confident he gets in what he's doing and, um, or has gotten in what he's doing has just played a major role in his development as an artist. And, um, I mean, as a person, truly one of the best people I know, just give the shirt off his back, just a good dude. And then when you add that to the talent, I think it's just a, it's a recipe for success, you know? That night at Skybar, I want you to know <laughs> oh, God. the worst pitcher of my life was taking that night for those who don't know matt what are you six seven uh six eight six yeah. eight all right <laughs> justin dukes is six foot tall i'm five ten on a good day i am on stage with them we take a picture and i am in between matt mckinney and justin dukes and i look like a midget i look <laughs> i look tiny and it should have been an epic picture it should because uh sky bar I used to go there and hang out and then to uh, get to introduce you guys that night and everything was cool and hang out with y'all. I think that's the first time me and you might have been around each other. And um, I just had a great time, and I posted that picture the next day. And all I heard, it was no, oh, man, we're so proud of you for getting to do big stuff now or go do stuff like this, Josh. It was like, how freaking tall is that guy? <laughs> oh, man, story of my life. <laughs> oh, I want to hear I want to hear more about the story of your life, though. Um where did you come? You you grew up in Georgia, right? Yeah, so I um I grew up in Augusta. I was born in Augusta. Um, lived in Evans there, and uh, when I was about, I think I was twelve, uh, my folks moved to North Georgia, 
and they worked in a uh, like a, at a Christian children's home, a Christian boys' home up in Northwest Georgia, about fifty-five miles north of Atlanta, in a town called Waleska, Georgia. And so, um, I, I kind of split half my life uh, between Augusta and up there, but you know, all my family's still. All my cousins are still in Lincolnton, Georgia, and um, Augusta's always uh, it'll just, it'll always be home to me. Um, it's just kind of one of those weird scenarios where I kind of have two homes. But um, so yeah, I, I went there, and then I was fortunate enough to some some listeners would probably hate me for this, but uh, I was fortunate I got to go to University of Georgia, graduate school there, go dogs. Oh um, yeah, hunker down, hunker down, and uh, so I, I mean, as soon as I graduated. I think I had my ceremony. I walked and then two days later moved to Nashville. Um, so I, I really never have had a settle down moment since <laughs> I was about 18, man. It's just go, go, go. But, um, what got you into music, man? It's kind of crazy. Um, I grew up in a family of six and, uh, you know, mom and daddy sang in the choir. Um, both my sisters, you know, sang worship. Um, my brother, man, my brother's like tremendously talented. Um, he, he's never done, you know, everything that I think he could have done if he would have just given himself all the music, but, um, phenomenal, you know, guitar player, singer, um, writer. Um, so growing up in that family, I mean, I remember just sleeping in pews when mom and dad were, <laughs> rehearsing in the choir dad sang in quartets dad can sing anything from tenor to bass like his range is unlike anything he sang multiple uh he's played multiple roles in quartets my whole life and um you know my my uncle up in kentucky and him had you know quartets where they would sing and so i I just i grew up all around it man and uh i was obviously i was an athlete and um when i got hurt uh my senior year i had an l4 l5 fracture and it was just kind of the point where, you know, I had to, I felt like God just kind of shut that door. Um, I couldn't really go on and play anymore. And I just turned to music because you hear it all the time, how therapeutic music is. And I think I felt it more in that moment of my life than I ever felt it. I just, I was so lost after uh, not being able to play basketball anymore, man. It was, it, you know, my whole life from the time I was five years old to 18. I mean, I was in the gym four hours a day and, uh, uh, so when that door shut, I mean, I, I never felt music more in my life as a therapy than, you know, during those, especially first six, seven months. Um, but yeah, I went to college and it's like, well, hell, if I can't play ball, I mean, I'll play a six string or something. And um, obviously some cringe moments from college. I mean, you know, I look back now and I'm like, who the hell did I think I was? You know, <laughs> if, if I look back now and just knowing I was going to be in a, a, a writing room every day, uh, you know, I just feel like I'm so me now. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people. I had a, I had a long talk with somebody yesterday. Um, it was about George Jones. George Jones hated being on stage. He, mm -hmm. he hated it. All he wanted to do was write music. And I, I think it takes so long for some of y'all because when you have that oh shit moment when you're on stage and the crowd is into it and just everybody is just digging you and everything that you do, it's probably a drug that you can't get nowhere else. And it's probably hard to, you know, get off of. Yeah. I mean, 
I still love performing. Just, uh, you know, I do like songwriter shows. So I play with other songwriters and sometimes that's even harder because, you know, I'm working every day to get a hit. And when you get up next to somebody who's got six number ones that are songs you listen to your whole life, you're just kind of like, well, uh, maybe I won't play one of these for 20 more years. You know, (laughs) let me get a few hits before I get back on the stage. But, um, but no, I mean, and I love it. I mean, the biggest thing, um, through all this, you know, people, all my friends getting back on the road, I've just seen, I've seen so many of my friends who are so addicted to what you're talking about, you know, like the stage it's, it's looking out and seeing them sing your songs back to you. It's the energy. It's, you know, just shaking fans' hands instead of talking to them through, um, you know, an Instagram message or whatever it is, Twitter. And uh, I've seen my my friends' lives just tremendously turn around since they can get back on the road. And I'm happy for them, but, man, I, I just could not do that every night. <laughs> and it's not like a – I obviously have the utmost respect for what they do, man, but I, I look out sometimes. I'm just like, man, if I would have tried to do that, you know, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's just, it's truly a talent in itself being on the road. I, I don't know how somebody ha- can be on all the time. That That's the thing with performing. That it's got to be so mentally exhausting to just always be on. Mm-hmm. Bring it, man. It's, you know, you're in a situation, I mean, just talking about friends, like you can't like exactly what you're saying. You can't have an off night. Like, I'm out there with uh, – <clears throat> I was out in Lincoln, Nebraska with Trey Landon and uh, opening for Swindell. And, man, look out, and they played the uh, Nebraska arena. I mean, it was an arena show, and Trey and the boys hadn't played. They didn't even rehearse that week. And, man, they came out, and I'm talking just – you would have thought that band had played together for 10 years. Like, <laughs> same with Swindell. I mean, those guys are tight. I mean, and you talk about an electrifying – like perform man if anybody listening has never seen cole swindell like oh my god just incredible performer engages the fans like uh the stories behind the songs and uh which i guess now he's got so many hits he can't really tell a whole lot of stories but (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's a good problem to have yeah but man i mean it's just one of those things like like you said that i feel like you can separate even talent levels just being able to bring it like you know and i have the opportunity i get to see so many artists play shows and um just to really get to see people bring it man it's like you can really tell when that that's like a star to me that's the difference in you know a star and an artist you know well i think i think you can tell like one thing that i respect about you um and i got a couple other buddies that are like this but the fact that you acknowledge it is just it's, it's huge to me I'm all about people staying in their own lane or not staying in their own lane, but finding their lane and being comfortable in it. There's a lot of folks that me and you know that are 40 something years old, still trying to get to Nashville and they're a house band, but they're Mm -hmm. a great house band. Like they are wonderful at what they do. And then you got people that are amazing songwriters that can't sing or pick worth a lick, but they can outright damn anybody that I know, but they're still trying (laughs) to perform. So you, you're kind of a unicorn, though. You can pick and play. You sound good when you sing. Damn oh, good. <laughs> but you, you can write like a monster. And the fact that you was like, you know what, I'm going to concentrate on this and put my best effort on this. I love that about folks. Man, it's just uh, 
I don't know how else to credit that. It was just kind of like a trial and error thing. And then I felt, I just, you know, you, I think it, it goes to anything in life. I just feel like, you know, you have your eggs in too many baskets. At some point you're going to stretch yourself thin and uh, by acknowledging, you know, just, Hey man, I've got a couple hits and, you know, I'm doing the, you know, the right thing. Um, as far as writing goes, it's just like, why am I going to spend my time trying to pursue something else if I can just put 120% of me into this basket and then, you know, just kind of roll with it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a, it takes time just like anything else. I feel like, you know, did, uh, do you feel like ever since you started devoting the majority of your time to songwriting that the songwriting's got better for you, man, like night and day, just, uh, cause you think like a songwriter, you know, it's not like a lot of times, you know, I'm going around town, I'm playing it like when I was playing a show or something, you know, like <clears throat> it's just, I'm so in that mode that now when I'm a hundred percent engulfed and love what I do, it's like, man, I could go down to this pool outside the house and just think of an idea. I'm always like, I'm thinking like a songwriter 24 seven. I think when you start thinking like a songwriter, you just naturally just the climate of what you do, you just become better. And, you know, I, I still strive to be, you know, I still strive like when I'm done, like there's guys in town and I'm not saying I'll reach that, but like every day when I get up, I put myself in their shoes. I'm like, Hey, you know what? He didn't get where he got scumming around during the day. You know, it's like, if I want to be in the conversation of an Ashley Gorley or, you know, in the conversation of a Ben Hayslip or Tony Lane or a bunch of those guys, you know, it's like, <clears throat> you got to put in the work they put in, you know? And uh, so ultimately my thing is like when I'm done and it's all said and done, if I want to get to that point, I got to put in the work now. And uh, it's just changed to answer your question. It's just changed my whole mindset. Sorry. I got carried away. No, but. you're good. I like, I like when people get carried. That's a, uh, one thing I noticed about songwriters a whole hell of a lot is y'all had the, uh, you always get carried away, but I think it's because you're, <laughs> you're telling a story in your mind, even when you don't know you're painting a per trying to paint a perfect picture with everything that you say or do or whatever. And that it's not carried away. You're just telling a good story, dude. And it's, uh, sometimes I think we're a little loony, which is good, but don't you I gotta mean, be, you, you gotta <laughs> be a little crazy. My favorite part about a song is like, you know, you're obviously making up a narrative every day and, when you're in a room with two other people and you're writing a song and you're like, wait a minute, you start talking like these are actual living, breathing people in your story. You'll be like, wait a minute, this guy's getting cheated on. He wouldn't say that because she's been treating him like this. And then you get done writing the song and you're like, we just made up a whole story about something that's not even happening. And you feel so connected to the characters. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's I, the weird, weirdest job in the world. That's the best songs though. Yeah, I mean, the people that have the capability uh, in songwriting to make you feel like you are a part of the song or you're invested in the character in the song, mm -hmm. I mean, that's when the best stuff comes from. I don't listen to a lot of stuff that's on country radio. I'm very, I'm very picky about the stuff I listen to. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, the stuff that you've sent me, well, the stuff I've asked you to send me, you didn't randomly <laughs> send it to me. I heard that song that you did on Facebook uh, where you put out the Georgia song. And I knew right then when I heard that one, I was like, okay, I got to get in this guy's ear because if I don't get in it now, I'm not going to be able to in a year or two. 
Like, no, man, you're dude, buddy. <laughs> I, but no, well, it's not that. Look, I promise. You, I had to. I had. I've had to hurt. Not hurt. I've had to be honest with two of my buddies in the past six months since all this started uh, with the show and everything. Um, because I've realized now that the best thing you can do for some people is either really, really support them and gas them up and be in their corner or be honest with them that I don't, I just don't see it. Quit investing money into it. Like you never want to tell anybody <laughs> quit chasing their dream. Like, right. yeah, I mean, honestly, you don't, yeah. but when you, when you're going broke every week and it's just not getting any better and you have no prospects or whatever. Like sometimes you got to be real with people. Mm-hmm. You're one of those people that I can sit here and say, even if we wasn't friends, mm-hmm. I, you, I mean, you can see it coming. I mean, you, you can see it coming. You can see big man, stuff coming. Man, thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Well, you haven't so. sent me. Uh, Trey Landon. I love that little bastard. He is one of my favoriteest <laughs> people in the world. I love just being around him. And he's the same way. I see him – if I think of what for COVID last year and him being on down to earth with Cole and Hardy, I think mm-hmm. Trey Landon's a household name. Yeah. I, I really do. I think he steals some of those shows, to be honest with you, as good as he is. And I, I still think it's coming for him. And I think folks like you too, I mean, you can just see it because you're different. It's not the same generic stuff that you hear from you guys when you, when I hear something from you, the, all the demos and stuff you say, dude, they're gas. There's not a bad one. Man, thank you, man. There's not a bad one. <laughs> well, there's bad ones. You just don't pay to demo those, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's that's the problem though. And I'm sure you I'm sure you get this just as much as I do because you actually are in the profession. But there are people every day that send me stuff. Like every mm-hmm. single day that I have no idea who they are or whatever. They just know I've been around some folks and they'll send me stuff. And it is just so evident that people who are extremely good and talented at what they do your worst one that you sent me is better than the best one of some people's that they've sent me like you you can just tell like it's just it's night and day dude man thank you buddy i appreciate that i'm not trey landon man he that boy he could sing he could sing the phone book and sell copies i mean it's unbelievable if it was if it was the 1980s i think trey's number one Mm -hmm. i i I think so size for george uh you can't can't (laughs) fuck with the king i'm not gonna put him over the king (laughs) but his voice is just so tailored Mm -hmm. for that i was on his uh i was on his bus uh one time whenever he was doing down home days and he sang rocky mountain rain him and john fox and i'm telling you to this day Whenever me and him are drinking around each other and hanging out and he just starts picking and playing, that's one of them that I have to hear him do. And it's just his voice is tailored for it. But he's another one. He don't send me a bad demo. Mm-hmm. I, mean, he, I mean, he don't. Some of his stuff is just disgusting. Man, we wrote one with uh, <clears throat> Jordan Walker and uh, Michael Carter, um, Luke Bryan's player, you know, and um, – it's called anybody other or anybody ever. And I have to send it to you. Um, but Trey and his team over at the label, just put it on hold for him. And obviously I've known that kid. We've been boys since we were, I don't know, 18 years old. So I'm dropping bugs all the time. Hey man, dude, you really need to cut that song. (laughs) But I mean, it really is tremendous. You know, we pitch it, pitch it John party. And, um, it's, it's just traditional. It's real. 
it's country music and it makes you feel good. And right. it's the lyrics so simple, but anybody, and I know you're that you're the same way, but anybody that's grown up in that, you know, it's a small town world. It's like the best thing that makes a small town, a small town is the simplicity of, you know, uh, of something as simple as, you know, rain dropping on a red tin roof, you know, uh, sun sun setting on a old grain bin like it's lyrics like that and it's like man sometimes to write a country like people oh country music ain't country it's like sometimes you just have to not overthink it like what is it that makes something so special you know and it's like the lyrics real simple but man i'll send it to you it just really makes you feel good i'm I'm glad you will i can already tell is I can, I mean, I could already tell, have you, uh, have you had like a, Oh shit moment or a surreal moment, uh, ever since you signed with Sony or anything? Have you, has something <laughs> just ever made you think like, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm on the way. Uh, man, it's a handful. I, probably the most recent one for me was, uh, I wrote with, a a guy in town. I won't say his name. Um, just for the sake of, you know, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> I show up to his house and, uh, you know, they're like, uh, yeah, you're going to write in the studio and he's not there yet. You know, his mom, his mom will let you in. So come walking in door opens and it's Allison Krauss. And, oh uh, man. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, and it, I mean, obviously we work professionally in the, in this, this industry now. And it's like, I don't freak out about it a lot, but it's like a warning, you know, like you could have just been like, Hey, uh, his mom, Allison, is going to, like, give me some kind of hint, you know? <laughs> but it's just little things like that. And, um, I mean, he's a tremendous rider and track guy. Um, but I'd say that, and then, you know, like, the other night, just, you know, I'm hanging out with somebody who, I can't say too much about it, somebody who has the number one song in the country this next week. Um, okay. And I was with her, and then, you know, Chris Young and Tim Penny at uh, Red Door. And it's just cool, man, because, like, you know, when I moved to town, I'm listening. I mean, I'm listening to Chris. I'm listening to Chris stuff, you know, when I'm still high school. And I think just, I think Chris Young, even though he's up there, I think he's so underrated. I think his first couple albums, every song on them, he's the only person, and I, I mean this with all the respect in the world because I'm a huge Keith Whitley guy. He's the only person I've ever heard do a Keith Whitley song that I would rather hear his version of Keith Whitley's song, uh, um, I'm Over You, than I would rather listen to Keith Whitley's. And, wow. I, and I love Keith Whitley. Yeah. I mean, dude, just – he's got so much power. And his pitch is perfect. I mean, yeah. like, you see him all the time all over town. and uh but I mean, it's it's little moments like that that are yeah. just cool because you know guys you move to town listening to, and then you're just sitting there shooting tequila at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, it's like you know you're kind of on the way. You know, as far as like you're not doing something wrong. It's not like you're gonna have their next big hit, but you know, you probably are. That's what's bad. <laughs> you sit here and talk that shit, dude. You don't. Yeah. Look, I, I promise you. Well, one thing that I am all about is uh, affirmation. And you don't get put in those situations unless you're good. There, there's too many people that, that we both know right now that are busting their ass in Nashville that are in those circles. You're, and you're not there for coincidence. This is not – and it was like I was telling Trey, Dick down in Dallas might have got 
y'all noticed like noticed a little bit more than normal but that's that song won't be the best thing that ever comes from y'all it won't it won't be close it, and i like dick down in dallas just as much as it was fun it, it's fun you actually you posted something that made me laugh my ass off about that song. <laughs> it was whenever you got the billboard thing um uh the billboard award or whatever it was that they sent y'all and you posted Hello. on facebook and you was like sorry mom and dad that this was the first thing that uh <laughs> that i got from billboard with dick down in dallas oh oh no i said uh i said well you can't have a second number one if you don't have a first yeah, one that's sorry, what it was. <laughs> there you go that's what it was that's what it, I, it tickled me when i saw but uh <laughs> dude you you don't get put in those rooms you 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 don't it's not an accident and uh man i don't just I, I'm in all of a bunch of y'all. Like, cause I don't get, I'm not, I can't do anything musically. The good Lord knew that I would have ruined myself a long damn time ago if I could sing, if I could write, if I could do anything. <laughs> he, he made me where I could talk. That's about it. And, <laughs> and you're damn good at it, man. Well, you're good I, at what you do. I, I, I mean, you got to also think people can't just do what you do, you know? And it's yeah. like, that's what's so cool about just being a creative. It's like, man. I think what you do is just as cool as probably you think what I do. Cause if I was in your shoes, man, I'd be fumbling all over my words. Like I, I couldn't do what you do. You know, you're dang good at what you do. So now, I'll, I'll tell you the only secret to this is you don't think before you talk. And usually that would get you in trouble. But when you're, when this is your platform, people have to know when they go to listen to my show that you're getting me and I've mm -hmm. got to be real. I've got to be authentic. So you don't ever second guess yourself. If people would quit second guessing themselves in this in this career field, then they'd be a whole lot better. People are too worried about what they're going to say if they're going to offend somebody. I everything I say comes from a good place, or I'm playing around and I'm never mean, and I try I try to be honest, and it it mm -hmm. shines through. But you know, I, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Man, I think just talking about what we talked about earlier, I think that's another reason it's good to be a songwriter because. I can say what, what I want, you know, yeah. it's like, not, I mean, metaphorically, but like, I'm saying I don't have to censor my Twitter. I don't have, if I'm in a conversation in a bar, like, and I say something about, you know, politics or whatever. I mean, nobody's canceling me. Like yeah. I heard it, I heard it best. And, and, you know, obviously Josh can speak for my character. It's not like I just go around saying offensive <laughs> shit all the time. But. You're one of the tamer of our friends. You're one of the more calmer ones. I, you know, I believe in what I believe in wholeheartedly, and I support what I support in with all of me. And if that gets me in trouble, the best thing I heard it, and again, it's not like I just walk around saying offensive shit all the time because I don't. But in order to get canceled, you have to give a shit. And yeah. If you don't give a shit, you can't get canceled. I mean, look, I, don't get me wrong. Do I think – you know, look at the NASCAR thing, Kyle Larson. Was he in the wrong? Like, man, you know what? That's between him and the guy upstairs. And that's yeah. between that's between him and Bubba Wallace, whatever. But he deserved, you know, he deserves everything he's got coming for him. Yeah. Uh, the Morgan Wallen thing, I mean, good grief, dude. Like, you know what? Somebody along the way that you know the Morgan, was okay, you know, the it, Morgan Wallen thing to this day makes me happy. It makes me happy in the fact that I don't know if you paid attention to social media after. You know who supported that man more than anybody else after that comment came out? And it was the African-American community. They picked that dude up and they boosted him. And 
they made it to where it's not ever okay. We both know that mm-hmm. you're not supposed to say that in no. a bad way. But we're I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to say you are. I'm guilty of saying it the way that he said it in a playful way at 4 o'clock in the morning drunk. I, I've, <laughs> I've probably said it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon sober to one of my friends in the and not there's in the right context, probably not a right context, but in the way that he said it, he didn't mean anything bad out of it. And I love the fact that he blew up even more after the fact, because they realized there was no malice. The only thing I, I have against the critics of Morgan Wallen, I hate the fact that they have been so hard on that guy about being young, having a good time and everything. Like if I was in his shoes, there's no way I'm not out doing the same shit he's doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's like, I mean, I get carried away because people are like, you know, like I recently, the thing with me is in Nashville, they're requiring either, you know, a vaccination or, a, um, you know, a test the day before or two, 72 hours before. And thing is, even with my insurance, man, I got to pay $45 out of pocket plus a show ticket just to go see songs that I've written on a stage. You know, it's kind of. So I've been very vocal about that recently, and obviously we're not going to get too carried away politically, but it's like, <laughs> you know what, man? Like, if that makes me a bad person because I don't want to do that, I'm a punk. Like, I'm a punk because at the end of the day, like, what you do does not affect me directly. Yep. What I do does not direct me, direct anybody or affect anybody directly in that standpoint and it's yes so like the transmission of a virus i get yes that does affect people but when you have these venues in town that are requiring a vaccination card or a test and quote unquote the only people in there are vaccinated people or have been tested and they're negative and you still have cases showing up then what's the deal let me be a fucking patriot and just come in there and not you know, the, the way I look at it, if I'm not sitting here bitching at you because you got the vaccine, then you shouldn't be bitching at me because I didn't want to get it. I think it's, it's our and to steal a line from something else, it's our body, our choice. Right. I've done, I don't have a problem with the vaccine. The problem that I have with the vaccine is are people getting the vaccine? I said that completely ass backwards. I don't have a problem with people getting the vaccine. My problem with me getting it is I'm not going to put something in my body till I know the effects that it's had on you five years after you got it. That, that's why you have these trials. That's why, even though it's FDA approved and everything now, I'm still not sure what it does to people that, you know, that, that have certain issues or underlying causes. You don't know, and you're not going to know. There is, mm-hmm. you, you know, the story of why, uh, you know, the spray bottle 409. Yeah. Do you know why it's called 409? Mm-mm. Cause they got the formula wrong 408 times before they got it right. <laughs> so it's called, that's why it's called 409. And you have to test that. You have to test things like that. It has to be a long process. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that are up there and I'm coming to Nashville, like in three weeks for a, a week Hell and, yeah. I am scared to death that when I get there, I'm, I, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not, I'm not going to. And if it's where I got to cancel my trip because the majority of places are requiring it, I'm just not going to go. And I, I hate that you, and you're not the only one. I see a bunch of my friends that are fussing about a bunch of that shit about having the show proof. And it just, man, I'm all about 
to each their own and this being a free country. And it just doesn't seem like with the stuff with the vaccination and the vaccination cards, it seems like all the freedoms are just slipping away one at a time. And if people like you and me and other just normal everyday folks don't stand up and say, Hey, I'm not giving into this. then they're going to snatch away all your freedoms before you know it. Yeah. I mean, giving them, a, give them an inch. They take a mile. Yeah. I, and that's to me, it's like at some point, it's not even about this you know i think for a lot of people it's just if this happens what that what's that going to lead to and you know uh, no, it's, no, it's, been a, it's been a week you know i, I had to take down some stuff just because you know i didn't want to get in trouble with the company but <laughs> i mean it's like you know and I, it's bad because some of these venues are people that i love and care about and you know they're just rich and they own these venues and i don't want it you know, to take money out of their pockets. But at the same time, like, even though they don't have a whole lot to do with it, you're still part of the problem, you know? And it's like, anyways. I I mean, just, it, it, it don't make no sense to me for just the simple fact that if an employer can't ask you your medical history, how does a bar owner? Right. I will tell you something really funny. And I know I, you, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, I had a friend that was going to University of Georgia <laughs> this time last year. I'm not even kidding you. There was an email referencing sexual activity and face-to-face contact. <laughs> and they said it would be, what? it would be, I mean, granted, he said it, he got the email. Uh, I highly doubt this was, I don't know, but if anyone's listening, they know if this was real. Uh, it said that they were recommending doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> recommended doggy style during covid like, these, oh these cdc guidelines are getting out of hand dude like, now, now, now you're telling me what i can and can't do in the bedroom god no <laughs> hey, dude i just I, i'm just ready and i don't think honestly i don't think it's ever going to be over I, I think i don't think the world's ever going back the way that it was before 2020 uh but i wish it would i'm just ready for some of this shit to be over with i'm ready for mm. I'm ready for folks to be able to go have fun without worrying about stuff anymore. But I'm also just, you've got to see throughout this whole thing, how ignorant some people are on both sides, on, on, on both, on complete both sides. And man, it's just, it's sad. It's sad. I've got tickets. Lee Tucker. Uh, my dad broke his neck back in July and Lee I'm Tucker, to, he's, he's getting better. Um, but uh, Lee Tucker bought me tickets. I'm a huge Sturgill Simpson fan. I love everything that Sturgill Simpson does. But Lee bought me tickets to go see him at the Ryman to, like, cheer me up. Um, and I cannot wait to go see Sturgill Simpson at the Ryman. But from what I've read, Sturgill's going to make you show proof of vaccination before you go to the Ryman. And I'm just like, I think I've got to stand my ground. I think it would be my first show I've ever seen at the Ryman, too, mm-hmm. and get to see my favorite there so it's just like i still think i have to stand up for what i believe in i might have to give up something that i'm going to regret 10 years from now that i gave up mm-hmm. but you, you got to stand up for what you believe in i don't think you do anything wrong by voicing your opinion man and look i work hand in hand with them every day but the thing with these artists like good grief dude you're you're backstage i mean nobody's getting on stage and making out with sturgill simpsons yeah you know it's like are you really doing this for your sake and for your health? Or are you just like 
feeding the agenda to me and it, like no knock again i don't want to get quoted saying anything about sturgill have the utmost <laughs> respect love sturgill but i'm saying in general there's a lot of artists and it's like dude i'm sorry is you and your whole band is all your stage hands your roadies are they wearing masks backstage no you know are y'all all staying six feet apart are you no you're cramming in i mean not gonna say which rooms but i've been in a lot of green rooms and you're sharing bottles of whiskey it's like dude if you really care, just say you care about other people. It's not about you. You know, it's like, and Sturgill yeah, thought, has, you know, Sturgill said, you know, he said, you know, that's about a, the fans thing, you know, that's for his fans, but there's other artists who are just for my own personal health. It's like, dude, you sound like an egomaniac. I think, <laughs> I think with, I think with the vaccine and everything, you know, better than anybody. There's a lot of these artists that have to do what the record labels or whoever is telling them to do. There's a there's a lot of things that I've heard in the past year from people like it it tickled me. I don't know if you if you saw this or remember it. When all the stuff with Morgan Wallen was going on, Eric Church came out and said something that was kind of against Morgan Wallen. But the next thing you know, Morgan Wallen and Eric Church are playing golf and hanging out and chilling. Mm -hmm. So you knew when you saw that that whatever Eric said, it was something that he was told to say. Right. I've never been put in the position to where I had $20 million on this side of the table and my pride on this side of the table. I can't sit here and tell you honestly which one I'd pick. Yeah. If, I, if I make one statement, I still get my $20 million. Like, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. So it's hard for me to judge others in it. Boy, a label would hate me. I'll tell you that. I like you even more because of that, Matt. I, I, I honestly, until you just said some of that stuff, I did not know. That like uh, you were that strong opinionated, and I dig yeah. it. I, I do. I love stuff. I like people that stand up for what they believe. I mean, and, and to me, it's just, uh, dude. If it don't affect me, like, why do, like, why do you care? Like, why do people read People magazine? Like, who gives a shit about what's going on in Beverly Hills? Like, who cares what this actress like is doing in her personal life? I just never, I've never understood that thing. Like. I mean, I guess it's different in music because the, the people you work with are your friends and a lot of times you care about like, oh yeah, what do they have going on? But I've just never understood like if somebody doesn't want to do this, like or everything going on in the climate of our world right now to me, it's just like, if it doesn't directly affect me, why do I care? Why am I going to spend my time trying to convince somebody else that they're living their life wrong? You know, I, it's I just like. It my, took me the longest blown. time. It took me the longest time to understand exactly what you mean. First mm -hmm. off, you can't change anybody's opinion. They're just mm -hmm. as strong in their beliefs as you are about yours. But the thing is, it's different between guys like me and you. We're not going out there completely disrespecting other people. We're just saying, if you want to live that way, that's fine. Just don't push your beliefs on me. Because yeah. I'm not going to push my beliefs on you. And that's the way I think it should be. It should be mutual respect amongst everybody. But that's not that's not the way the world sees it. If if me and you sit here and say one thing and some actor in Hollywood or whatever or some other songwriter doesn't like it, they're going to take a stand up against us, but we're not taking a stand up against them. It's, it's a weird, it's weird to me. Yeah. I mean, there's two trains, I think. Well, there's one train everybody can get on, and that's uh, fuck Galen Maxwell. <laughs> other than that, I mean, you know, I don't care, dude. I got friends that are liberal. I got friends that are conservative. I got I'm friends that are – it's just like, dude, 
and a lot of these people, it's like, you know what? I don't get to see as much in the climate of the world. So when I'm with you, I don't want to spend an hour talking about those things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you know what? You want to support a certain bill. That's cool, dude. Let's get a beer and talk about sports. I don't, or, you know, let's get a beer and talk about your kids or your wife or work or like if I don't see you as is, I, I tell you right now, the last damn thing I want to talk about is politics. Just from a standpoint of, ironically, here we are talking about politics. But I'm kinda. saying, <laughs> kind of, you know, talk. If, if I have the chance to meet with a, a buddy, like it's, and our opinions are different, like you're not going to get anything established. It's like, mm. just let it roll. But you said we might get on this tangent, and here we are. Oh, yeah, hey, it happens. <laughs> it, hopefully, hopefully, somewhere we're starting to fuck Joe Biden chant. It, I don't yeah. know. Have you seen the stadiums do that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been seeing it, man. And the thing about, uh, see, that one's hard for me because do I agree with a lot of the politics? No. And unfortunately, like, you know, we're in a circumstance where he is the leader of our country. And I just remember how it felt from the other side when it yep. was, the fuck Donald Trump chant and it's you know I, I'm not against it I just I think it is a little divisive and you know I wake up <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this I wake up every day and I've got the president's picture on my sink no matter who's in office just yeah. because they're the leader of our country and you know I care more about our soldiers than I do I care more about the men and women that are fighting for us than I do and I hate that it's become a thing to demise and, you know, hate the commander in chief of a country regardless. I, and it I, sucks, but 100, 100% agree with you. Mm -hmm. uh, I think as our president goes, the country goes, it's just like a head of household. Mm -hmm. uh, usually how the mother and father of a house go, the children's go. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what it's like right now. The only reason why I'm against anything with him is just, I, I just want change. I just want all the bullshit that is going on to be over and done with and let's get back to what is normal as possible. And I think when you see him, you, you just see that he is the one that's in charge of all the, the crazy stuff going on around. I don't, I don't know if he's a good person. I don't know if he's a bad person. I personally don't give a shit. I have, uh, I've started looking at it as in, I'm more worried about my community and the political leaders in my community and trying to make a difference in hometown now and, mm -hmm. uh, and everything like, it's just, you can't do nothing about it, man. It's, you know, and I've always had that stance of, you know, it sucks that, you know, a particular person isn't an officer you, you voted for support yeah. or yada, yada, but man, we were down in Mexico the day, uh, those bombings happened, man. And I, laid in bed all day long and man there was points where i just broke down and cried man it's it's just oh it's hard to see kids that young you know in a situation like that that they shouldn't have even been in and um so that makes it harder for me to yeah. you know support said commander in chief but uh you're a, you're a good fucking regardless dude. you're a good fucking dude <laughs> oh man regardless i try to you know even if I don't agree with something, I don't want, I don't want the worst for the leader of a country because the worst for a leader of a country means the worst for the leader of the country's people exactly. in which it governs. And it shit runs downhill. 
Why, that being why, said, going back to the chant, I think it's hilarious. But it is I, I just, you know, I just, uh, I, it, it's a tough position to be in. Well, you know? the, the thing is, is rooting for him to fail is like rooting for us to fail. Mm-hmm. But enough of that shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how about you pick up that guitar and tell, p- pick a song, pick a song that is uh, going to make, I don't know, I don't care. Just one that means something to you, something that you've wrote this powerful to you, tell the story behind it. It's like a little songwriter's round. And let uh, all these folks get a get a look at you. Can you hear this? Yeah. Donnie put this mic kind of. Yeah, I was going to tell you to do that. Yeah. That, that. Just put it down. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Y- you can hear it pretty good, though. Um, yeah, so this song, man, uh, I went in, wrote it with two of my buddies, and uh, Jordan Walker and uh, Jacob Davis. And uh, the song's called Part of It. And uh, Jacob just came in one day. He was talking about how he had talked to his daddy that morning. His dad said, well, son, that's just part of it, man. Like, you know, and how many times you hear it? No telling. Um, Anyway, so we wrote the song. And uh, we actually just had this song recorded by uh, Jordan Davis. Um, So this song should be coming out here soon. And um, it goes like this. Let's see. My mama talked to her daddy and let me take her out our junior She was a hallway queen out of my league I smiled ear to ear Every night she was in my truck Young love did what it does and Daddy said no, he thought she was wanted It ain't no fun, but son, that's part of it Sometimes you're gonna hurt like hell you laugh some scars from it but only time will tell you live and love a good ones go. You'll find out on down the road. And when you lay it all out and get down to the heart of it, man, that's just life. And that's just part of me. Granddaddy cut his teeth. Planted that seed on 80 acres of land. He steady checked that gauge and prayed for rain like he knew the big man. All the way to the day that he met him, Daddy read his will to the family. And I just about broke down when I found out he went and left me part of it. Sometimes you're gonna hurt like hell, you left some scars from it. But only time will tell you live and love good ones go. You'll find out on down the road. But when you lay it all out and get down to the heart of it, man, that's just life. And that's just part of it. Well, the heartbreak faded, and I chased a dream up to Tennessee. I met that beautiful girl who gave me two more, and I don't know who I'd be if they weren't part of it. Sometimes life takes care of itself, and all those scars from They leave you with a story to tell you live and love, good ones go. 
You'll find out on down the road that when you lay it all out and get down to the heart of it, man, that's just life. And that's just part of it. That's just part of it. Dude, I hope you're ready for some fucking CMT awards. Oh, man. Down to dude. <laughs> but, uh, that's so good, man. <clears throat> I've, uh, I apologize. I drank a lot of Jack Daniels last night. and I didn't know I was going to sing, but I hope it sounded all right. <laughs> uh, it, sounded, it sounded very, very good. Very, very oh, good, man. my guy. No, uh, dude, I, uh, I'm very grateful you took some time out of your schedule. I know how busy you are to do this. Uh, been looking forward to it. And uh, man, I wish I wish you nothing but the best. But you, you really don't need my wishes because you're gonna you already got man. Well, I appreciate it, dude. Thanks for having me, and it's an honor to be on here. But um, let me know when you're up here, man. We'll grab well, one. Well, actually, uh, I'll tell you when we get off here in just a second. But uh, hey, before we get off here, drop your social media handles so they can go find you. Oh yeah, it's um on Instagram, it's Matt McKinney Music, and then uh, on Twitter, you can follow me. I might say some ridiculous things, uh, but McKinney writes, that's M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y writes W-R-I-T-E-S. So, Cool. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for taking the time with me. I had a dude, good time. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks right. for having me, dude. Anytime, brother. Hey, folks, thank you all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. I'll catch you next time.